Hey y'all, thank you guys so, so, so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Worlds of Country podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. On today's episode, I'm joined by Chris Colston to talk all about his musical journey and his brand new album, Boy Like Me. Hope you guys enjoy this one. I know I really did. Talk to you guys on the other side. Hey Chris, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. What have you been up to lately? Man, just uh, a lot of hunting, a lot of playing shows, uh, released a new record, pretty much the same old, same old everything that I that I normally do when I'm when I'm on and off the road, just playing shows, hunting, spending time with my family, my little girl. It's been pretty good. So when did you sort of know that music was going to be the thing for you? Um, I think I knew pretty early on i started playing drums when i was seven so i think once i got the hang of that i knew i was going to be involved in music i didn't know what specifically i was going to do but um after that i think when i started playing guitar and, and i learned how to sing i think doing that at a young age at 17 17 or 18 or so and, and people started coming out to watch me play and things like that i think it started to really kick in motion that that's what I wanted to do for a living. Once it sort of like clicked for you, what was, what would you say was like that first big step you took towards making it more than just something that you thought about and make it into something that you'd actually do? Um, I think that first step was when we put, when we put together a band and started actually like touring and playing legit, legit shows for, you know, for a reason, you know, it started playing our own, our own music. I think that was big. We played covers for a long time. And, uh, I think when we started getting the gigs that where we could, you know, play our, play our own music, I think that was huge. I think that was a big step in realizing, okay, if we're going to do it for real, like we're not just going to be a cover band anymore. We're going to try to, you know, sell our music to the fans. So. So what was the process like of really like finding your, your own voice as an artist, as opposed to playing covers and stuff like that? Um, I think it just took a while. Like, I think I needed to play the covers for a long time because I needed to find my voice in general. Uh, and uh, you know, around where I live, there's just a lot of restaurants, bars, not necessarily like music venues. So people want to hear the, the covers, you know, classics. they want to hear the, the, yeah, the classics, the stuff they know. So, um, I think it was later on, you know, I think 2018 is when we signed with the booking agency and that's when it started getting kind of real. That's when we started playing with artists that were out there selling their own music, you know, and playing their own songs. And that was like, gave us a chance, you know, to play our own music in front of their fans. So, um, I think that was a huge step for us. Well, that first time you really got to play your own music, what was that experience like for you? it was nice i mean we always kind of i always kind of sprinkled one of my own in my cover sets you know just for fun just to see how you know everybody would react react to it but i think the first set we got to do full of our songs it was it was special man because we got to see you know how the people were going to react and we still kept you know maybe a cover in the set just to so people you know would because we knew people didn't know our songs yet so um but playing a, a set full of my own songs, it was it was pretty special. It made me realize, okay, this is what I need to do. And 
this is these are the areas I need to work on to make the songs better and to grow our fan base. To kind of like feed off like the reaction of the crowd and see also what you what you got to tweak a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're yeah. still doing that today too. I mean, with songs that were even songs that were right now, we're, we're trying to figure out okay, which one works best? Where should we put it in the set? You know, it's constant, constant growing. So, ha- for the people out there that haven't heard your music before, how would you describe sort of your style? Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to put into a corner, really. But uh, I've got a country, you know, a country sound as far as my voice goes. Um, I'm from Texas. I'm from East Texas too. So the the twang is in there naturally. I can't really get rid of that. But um, got a country sound. But my shows are pretty. You know, the live show is very guitar driven. Um, I grew up kind of on classic rock and and all the and all the country guys. You know, that had the guitar heavy stuff like Jason Aldean, Brantley Gilbert, and stuff like that. So um, it's a pretty rocking rocking show. It's very high energy. Um, until it gets down to the point where we have, you know, the soft and the, the ballads. And yeah. so it's, a, I think it's a mixture of everything. I feel like a lot of the stuff coming out of Texas these days sort of has that, that rocking energy to it. And it's kind of cool to see yeah. that, that different side. Yeah, it's definitely uh, in the past several years that it's definitely leaning towards more rock and, and less, you know, traditional country. Um, it's a, it's a pretty neat, neat scene to be a part of for sure it's evolving right now well, who would you say are sort of the the biggest influences of the style that you have now uh i would say just like those guys i mentioned uh jason aldean bradley gilbert uh, but i listen to everybody i listen to george Strait. i listen to blake shelton um i was always a fan of all the guys that were on the radio honestly i, I love listening to the radio and and i still listen to you know to to most of those artists pretty much every day um, and I, I grew up on some classic rock too. My stepdad used to listen to classic rock and, you know, and then all the way to Hank Jr. And I even listen, you know, I listen to everything to from Hank Jr. to Nelly, you know, I always listen to Nelly or, or, uh, you know, Ludacris or something like that. So um, I kind of mixed everything in, but I really fell in love with country up and that's what I decided. That's what I wanted to play. So um, you just released your your new album, Boy Boy Like Me, a, a few weeks ago. So could you sort of um tell us how that project all came together and what about these nine songs spoke to you? Yeah, you know, it was just time for me to put out a new record, and and um, I really wanted to put together a project that was me that really described kind of like you know who I am as a person because people see that I hunt all the time and I have a family, but you know, they may not know exactly like who I am as an artist yet. So I wanted to really explain that to people through these songs. And it was a long process, man. It took, you know, I think a year and a half to get all these songs down and and written. And I had just, you know, started writing in in, uh, Nashville and uh, meeting people and figuring out who I jived with so that we could write good songs together. And I found my little group and just kind of put together a group of nine songs that, you know, that were 100% me that people could, you know, understand. And, and a lot of songs about, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of songs. There's a party song on there. There's songs about breakup. There's songs about, you know, 
seeing somebody you don't want to see at the bar and their songs about what I think heaven is going to look like one day and I hope it looks like where I'm from. So it's just a mixture of, of everything. And uh, I'm glad it's finally out. It's a long process, but uh, it's doing well and we're already working towards the next one. So got to stay ahead of the game. <laughs> There's no rest. Then. <laughs> That's right. So um, were these songs written specifically for this project or were these like songs that you sort of went back to and realized that they all sort of fit together later on? Um, I think a lot of them were part of the process. Uh, I think that I had some, you know, I think it was one of those things really when I was writing the song, I wrote one in Nashville, you know, when I'd write one, I'd go, Oh yeah, this has got to go on the record. Like it's just too good not to cut, you know? And I think it just kind of came together as they were all songs, you know, that were going to fit the mold for the boy like me, you know, album that just made sense to go on there. So uh, it was kind of a kind of scattered, kind of planned, you know, just um, a little off the wall at some points, you know, but I think I a little bit of that. Well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. So I kind of want to go track by track with you and sort of get the, the story behind each one, if that's cool mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Right. So let's let's start at the top with um, Dirt and Dower. Yeah. So um, I, I co-wrote. There are four songs on the album and then the rest of the songs, they were pitched to me that were written by other artists, you know, that they were so similar to me that I was just like, man, I have to cut this. So Dirt and Dallas is one of those. That was a Jordan Walker. I, I write a lot. If you look on all my records, I write a lot with Jordan Walker or I cut a lot of his songs. Um, he's also a Texas guy and we get along so well and we write great together. And I just love his style and his songs. So Dirt and Dallas is one he sent me when I, I landed in Dallas one time ironically enough he sent me a song he's like Dude, you gotta listen to this. <laughs> yeah i listened to it and i was like i have to cut that he said it's yours so i just fell in love with it and immediately just because it's kind of that nod to my texas fan base and it's got that similar sound what i sound like live and it just fit perfect and that's the first track on the record so then um after that it's um living like this yeah living like this is a, a jameson rogers tune i've cut some jameson songs uh uh, recently too it's just a party song man people we knew immediately when we released that that people would love that song live and uh it's a part it's a song where they can sing back to us no problem you know when it goes to the we gonna drink we gonna yell part they just they love that so um i knew that we had to put that out because we really needed a party crowd song we had we don't have a whole lot of those songs so uh it goes over really well live it's easy to teach the crowd how to sing back to you. And we love playing it live. So when you're cutting outside songs, do you, um, is there anything specific you're looking for? Or is it just like a vibe thing for you? I think it's a vibe. And I think it's, I look for, is this me? Does this sound like me? 100%. If it doesn't, then we're not going to cut it. If it does sound like something that I can sell for sure, because fans can, can see right through the, the stuff that, it's not authentic. So I tried it. When I pick songs that I'm not writing, I got to make sure that it's, you know, that it can, I can play that off and it can, uh, it can come off, you know, like it's like I wrote it basically. Yeah. It's hard enough to sell who you are. It's even harder to sell something you're not. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So then we move into to goodbye gasoline, which is more of a sadder song on there. 
Yeah, Goodbye Gasoline, real serious. That's a Randy Montana one. Uh, that's another one uh, that I wasn't a writer on, but uh, Randy, I've cut several of his songs, and he's one another one. He's one of my favorite songwriters in Nashville. I've cut some songs on my last record that were his, and it, it was just a jammer, like had that live show aspect, and it just kind of had that she's gone and I'm not putting up with this, you know, kind of thing, that attitude. And I, and I liked that a lot. And I knew that we could pull it off live. Um, and that one's done really well for us, too. We did a music video for it. went over great. And so that's, yeah, that's good by gasoline. That's one of my favorites. So um, the live aspect also seems like it's very important to you to have in mind when you're when you're choosing what to cut. And how do you sort of like play out how you would how you think it would sound live before deciding to cut it? Um, I think I can just hear it immediately, especially if it's a good demo. I think it's easy to hear, like, you know, if, if someone has a really good demo of it and it's rocking and they spent some time of it, I, I can pretty much say, you know, I've got some great players in my band. They're very talented. Um, they're very precise on what parts they play and they spend a lot of time on it. And I have all the confidence in the world in my band. So when I hear something like that, I'm like, oh, these guys would crush that. How fun would this be live? You know, and and so I just go, I just base it off of that pretty much, you know, and if it's, but if it's something that doesn't kind of fit our sound, like what we would want to sound like live, then, you know, maybe we tweak it a little bit or maybe we change it here and there to make it more for us, but it's a pretty fun process trying to figure it out for sure. So then um, after that, it's another bar. Yeah. Another bar. Love that song. That's a, um, and that's a Michael Tyler song. Um, Man, I, it was different. To be honest, I was kind of hesitant about this one because it does have more of a pop feel, like the country kind of pop sound. And um, But I realized that this story, you know, of the song, a lot of people can relate to. I mean, how many times do people go at the bar and they're like, oh, my God, my ex was there. Like, I didn't want to see them tonight. It's kind of ruined too by much. night. I've seen it too first much. <laughs> way too many times i've seen it happen to people so i'm like man this is super super uh relatable so i went ahead and i said man we have to cut this we have to do it so uh that one turned out really really well too and it's got that kind of pop sound but it goes over live well people people really jam it it's got a catchy chorus so how do you sort of walk that line between personal and relatable Um. That's actually a really, really good question. I have to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I just try to make sure, like, if it's personal to me is when I hear a song and it just hits me. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, I've been I've been there. You know, I've I've been through that situation. Like, like it may not be relatable to everybody, but it's it's personal to me. And I feel like if something hits you like that, then there's some truth and there's some honesty in that. And people love that. People People love to hear, you know, especially nowadays, they like to hear about real stuff, not some made up, you know, thing that you can tell is just, you know, below the surface. So, and then, you know, I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a really good question. I thought we just said personal and what was the other relatable, one? relatable, relatable. Yeah, that's right. Relatable to me, you know, if it's going to be relatable, if it's, it's across the board relatable, I want to make sure the song's really, really good because I want to be able to sell it and make sure I'm not just like, and make sure it's not just a subject that's, 
you know, that's been done a hundred times before that's relatable. I, I like it to be usually something different, you know, something, you know, if it's a breakup, then, well, what about that breakup song makes it, makes this relatable it's just like all the other ones or does it have this aspect that makes it cooler? You know, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of strategy involved for sure. It sort of has to have something, something a little fresh to it. Right. Yeah. So then um, the next song is Different Towns Together. Yeah. Uh, another Jordan Walker one, man. He's, he's one of my, one of my favorites. Uh, and uh, we got done writing a song actually one day and he was in his truck and he's like, dude, listen to this. We just got this the other day and I heard it. And I was like, dude, that's, a, this is one of those that was personal. I was like, this is 100% me. There's a line in there. It says your grandparents have been living in that same house forever. And that's literally me to a T. My grandparents have lived in the same house since 1972, you know, and they've had the same farm forever. And, and all the lines about cops running you off. And that's what we did. I grew up in a very, very small place. I'm like, this is me. Like, I know there's other people out there that have lived in a small town like I have. So that one hit the nail on the head. It's hard though, but with outside cuts, a lot of people aren't always able to find their story in those. And you somehow were able to piece together your story through yeah. other people's stories. And that's that's kind of cool to see. Right. Yeah. And then um after that it's um the title track is next. Yeah, boy like me. So here we finally we got to a song that I actually wrote. Uh so this was a uh, me, Jordan Walker, and Kenton Bryant. We wrote the song together, and uh, I knew that I wanted. I, I knew for my record, I had a lot of upbeat, up tempo jamming stuff, but I also knew maybe we need to put something slower and sentimental on it, or something with a you know really deep subject. And anyway, I found out my wife and I found out we were having our little girl, and I was like, man, I want to write a song for my little girl on here. I think that would be super cool. I mean, I think she needs a song. She deserves a song. So I went up to Nashville. I told Jordan, I told Kenton, I want to write a song about my little girl and they both have little girls. So super easy. And, uh, Kenton said, well, what if it's like, you know, what if a title's like boy like me? And then Jordan goes, Oh yeah. It's like, like God will give a girl like you to a boy like me. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Like it, it literally, came together that, <laughs> yeah, it literally came together that fast. I think we wrote the song in an hour and a half. And to this day, it's one of my favorite songs, 100% that I've, that I've, that I've written. And that, that one's for my little girl and that one's doing really, really well for us. Would you say that that's the song on the project that, that means the most to you? 100%. I think so too, because I've never written anything that sentimental or that serious, or to be honest with you, that, that personal, I mean, that is my life and the video you can see it's, my wife, my little girl, that's the inside of our house, you know, that you're looking at. I mean, it's, it's very, I brought people in to my own home, very personal and, uh, definitely, definitely my favorite. And, and I knew it would have a great reaction because like we said, it's honest, it's true. You know, there's no, there's no blurred lines. That's, that's who I am. That's a, that's a good image of seeing who I am and what my life is like. So I think people really related to that and aspect is thought, man, this is real. We love it. So then I'm after that. It's, I hope heaven's like home. Yeah. I wrote, uh, heaven's like home with a buddy of mine named Jeb Gibson. Uh, it was our first write together. Actually, he was from a small town in Georgia 
and I'm from a small town in Texas. And he's like, dude, I was just thinking like, I hope one day when I get to heaven that it kind of looks like where I'm from, you know, like all the, of the simplicity of it, you know, and, and the country look to it. And I was like, that's kind of cool. That'd be kind of a cool country song. Like what if it's, you know, I think, I think originally the title was what I wanted to write was I hope heaven's country. And he was like, that's cool. And he's like, well, what if it's like, I hope heaven's like home. And that just sounded better. And so, yeah, we wrote it really, really quick. Our first write together. And I told him I was going to put it on the record from day one. He's like, yeah, whatever. Sure enough, I did. I was like, it's great. It's fun to play live too at jams. Yeah. So then I'm after that, it, when I go, I'm gone. When I go, I'm gone is the song that I wrote with actually my producer who produced the album and a guy named Jimmy Bell. Um, it was our first write together. And I don't know where that one came from. Honestly, I think I was wanting to, I think I was pissed off or mad or something that day. And I just wanted to write something with some attitude. And, and that's what that was. It was like, man, what if we just wrote a song about, you know, a guy that's just tired of it, you know, just tired of going through the stuff. And it's like, you got one chance, you know, to make this ride or I'm gone because I'm sick of it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that go through stuff like that. So I remember listening to it when I got in the truck, finally, when they sent the demo and I was looked down, I was driving like 95. And I was like, oh, my God, the song's making me, you know, go down the interstate ridiculous amounts of speed like hope it makes other people feel that way too <laughs> you could tell from from the title alone that it's a bit of a pissed off song <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i was yeah. i had an attitude that day or something i don't know it worked out though and then the, the project closes out with hate me in my hometown yeah hate me in my hometown that was with jeb as well jeb gibson and another texas guy troy cartwright he's a writer up in nashville now and and, and an artist and uh, Troy actually came in and he said, I got this title. This says, hate me in my hometown. I said, I'm in, I love it already. Like anything, small town vibe, anything like that. I'm always a fan of. So, uh, we wrote that really, really quick. He was like, you know, I went through a similar situation way, way back in the day. This is a long time ago. Doesn't even matter now, but it kind of reminded me of, you know, the situation I went through and, you know, the line wise, you have to make him hate me in my hometown. Like, come on. It wasn't that bad. You know, it's, it wasn't worth all that. You know, it's like, this is, this is relatable. And I, I know there's other people across the U S that have dated somebody from somewhere small and it's tough to escape that because everybody knows everybody you're going to run into them or their parents or, you know, at one point in your life, you're going to run into them being in that small town. So that was another one that we wrote. So it was a good one. And that yeah. concludes the album, man. I hope it, yeah. I hope people love it. <laughs> So if you had to if you had to pick one or two personal favorites on there, which which two are you going with? Personal favorites, I would definitely say, you know, Hate Me in My Hometown was one that actually, you know, it did really, really, really well as a single. But I would say my two favorites, Boy Like Me, obviously, and I would say Dirt and Dallas. I've loved Dirt and Dallas from the first time I heard it. But I love all of them too. I mean, I did the same thing I did with Dirt and Dallas when I heard different towns together. You know, I mean, it just, the track went so hard. I loved it. And it was upbeat and tempo. So, um, but I don't know if you're giving me two, I'd say Dirt and Dallas and Boy Like Me. Sure. So um, what's next for you? Man, just continuing to write songs, um, get better as a songwriter. This next project, I think I'm going to try to do an EP. And I, the goal would be to be a writer on all of the songs on there, whether it's four, whether it's five, but continue to be become a better writer. I'm, I'm finding my niche group again of people that 
I love writing songs with them, continuing to write with the songs the, uh, with the same guys on the last album. And we're starting to get some better material. I'm starting to get some, some better songs. I'm kind of diving in and seeing like what works for me, what niche. And so continue to write songs, put out small projects, keep touring, you know, keep getting out there and beating the pavement and getting in front of people. And, and like we talked about earlier, keep selling Chris Colston's sounds like, looks like a lot of people are starting to buy into it a little bit. So that's good. <laughs> So I want to I wanna do a little bit of like a rapid fire situation before I let yeah. you go. If that's cool with you. So let's go. Yeah. Let's do this thing. Let's um, do it. Dream venue. Dream venue. Uh, let's say Red Rocks. Oh, that's a good one. Dream, yeah. dream collaborator. Dream collaborator. Oh, man, that's a good one. Let's say that's tough. I want to collab with so many. Uh, I'll Travis give you three Tritt. if you want three. Oh, that's okay. okay. There you go. Let's let's do Travis Tritt, um, Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke, and uh, oh my gosh, um, let's just do the King George Strait. Can't go wrong with that one, right? No. Um, if you could, if you could only listen to to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh man, I could listen to one song for the rest of my life. I would say "Go Rest High" by Vince Gill. Ooh, keeping it sad, I like that. <laughs> That's right, tough one. Yeah, that would. I think that would get too much to handle over time. But <laughs> yeah, right. Start off good, and then you get. To, I don't think you get sick of anything though for that long. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much for for taking the time for this. Yeah, man, absolutely. I had fun. I just enjoyed it. I'm. This is perfect timing because I'm about to get my coffee for the day and get started. So I'm glad. Perfect. Glad, <laughs> glad you caught me then. Of course. Have a great. Have a great day. We'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Of course. Hey, y'all! Thank you guys so 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 much again for tuning in. If you liked what you heard from Chris, be sure to go check out his music wherever you listen to music and go. Hit that follow button on social media if you liked what you heard from the podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And go check us out on social media at Worlds of Country on all platforms. Talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.